Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, your weekly discussion of motoring news. This is episode 410 on Tuesday, the 6th of July, 2021. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. And this week, we'll be waiting for the consultancy fee check to arrive from JLR. Also, we'll be breathing a sigh of relief for Sunderland and Ellesmere Port. And we'll be applauding the ingenuity of a mobile parklet. But more on that later. First of all, straight into some follow-up. And unfortunately... It is some Dieselgate-related follow-up. Boo, hiss, clatter. Uh, yes, this is from uh, another one of the legal companies that are pursuing Volkswagen over Dieselgate. But this is a new legal campaign which claims, and I'm quoting, that uh, they covertly made fundamental changes to affected vehicles. Now, the affected vehicles are not the same affected vehicles that were f- covered in the Dieselgate scandal. This bunch of ambulance chasers, that's my opinion, by the way, are really going for it, aren't they? Because they are, they've already got one case out against for one batch. And so they've got this other new alleged case to try and to about another 1.26 million vehicles. They are really, really trying hard to kind of throw some sort of class action and for it to stick. Yeah, this one's interesting because they are claiming that well, vehicles from 2009 onwards Volks, the Volkswagen group were they were fixing within normal servicing the problems with the engine that were similar to the those engines covered by dieselgate even though the regulatory bodies didn't find problems with these engines but they're saying yeah. that they covertly fixed them on customers cars so so what was the customer adversely affected? Should the customer receive something for that? For for that, I mean, my mobile phone does it all the time. Well, first of all, we have to get one. Did they do that? Hmm, well, okay, so how did how did some how does how do they think they know that that is the case? And then we can get on to was anybody actually affected in any way? Again, hmm. we go back to, and I don't, I don't uh, understand how any of these are standing up if the regulatory body approved in the EU approved mm-hmm. the engines and the emissions under EU rules at the time. Yeah, but we don't understand why the rest of it stand, seems to stand up in some cases. Yeah. So we'll... it's ambulance chasing. I'm sorry. It's really, really bad. And it's, it's just lawyers trying to make money uh, and trying to make out that people have had have suffered some form of loss and that they're going to basically have to make up what that loss is as far as i can tell yeah so we'll keep an eye out on that but uh, yeah it's a mm, odd one seems to be well you're guilty of something so it must be this <laughs> yeah yeah i you can tell how much time i have that for that attitude and i'm i'm winding it in as well <laughs> because we're recording okay well talking of uh somebody who owes us money why don't you take us to the next story <laughs> Well, yes. Uh, last week, I didn't wind it in when I was talking about about the fact that, that in my opinion, Jaguars and, and, and Range Rovers and Land Rovers has always been desirable. Yep. Uh, and they've always been good looking. Mm-hmm. And that, that, if anything, was the quality that they've never been missing, despite what uh, certain members of management at, at JLR at the minute are saying. So uh, in the course of the last, uh, and that the big issue really that stops that drops the value, stops people buying them, is reliability and quality issues. Yeah. And sure enough, uh, just the other day, out comes Thierry Bollori, of course, uh, boss of Jaguar Land Rover, uh, pledging to solve the firm's reliability and quality issues once and for all, according to Mark Tishore in, in Autocar, as part of the Reimagine 
plan, uh, the transformation plan, uh, then that's one of the things that they're going to try to do. But one of the first things he's done, uh, he's already done about this, is to appoint a chap called Nigel Blenkinsop to a new board position, which is the Executive Director of Company Quality and Customer Satisfaction. He reports directly to Bellori. So um, let's just see what happens here. Yeah, I'm very interested to know that that wasn't a position previously in the company that sells quite expensive things to people. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. Sorry, sorry. And that's not a dig at JLR, by the way. That's a dig at companies generally. Okay. Um, yeah, these kind of things is, uh, tend to be a, a bit of an issue. One of the curious quotations here from Bellori is, we're improving processes to get better quality by design. Alrighty, that's an interesting one. Mm. In which way, he says in consultant mode. Yes. Hang on, hang on. I don't think they can afford for us to send another invoice for a second no. week. <laughs> you ever wonder? Peek my fingers, rest my chin on them, uh, and look over my glasses. Yes. Uh, see what happens. <laughs> anyway, that's enough of that, because I could quite happily grumble about that for some considerable time. Uh, one would hope that the Slovakian plant uh, would, of course, would of course help with some of this being new from the ground up and no legacy, etc. We'll see. Yep. New news. Mm. And new news is, small drum roll please, it's the SMMT registration figures for June 2021. So yes, 186,128 new cars were registered in June 2021, up a mere 28% on the same month last year. Uh, of course, in the course of June uh, last year, that was when most dealerships were starting to open up again. So of course, uh, there's not the same mahusive leap uh, that there was for the, the, the two months prior to that, uh, the two months 2020. Um, prior to that which was a great disappointment to the headline writers that didn't bother to read the details because <laughs> they couldn't read put the stupid percentages up <laughs> it's, it's it's not even reading details it's just uh, just i can i'm not even gonna say understanding context context but acknowledging yes uh context <laughs> unbelievable I don't happen to have the numbers by fuel type, so I'm afraid we're going to have to split it out the way the SMMT does. Uh, this month, uh, petrol, 86,411 vehicles registered. That is a 46.4% of the total. A diesel is down to 8.1% with just over 15,000. Uh, that's a 34% drop. Now, the trouble is that mild hybrid comes in here, and that includes both petrol and diesel vehicles. And it's up supposedly 251.5% uh, with a 19.6% market share and 36.5% vehicles registered. Very, I still don't, I'd say every month I know, but I still don't understand why these are split out by petrol and diesel. The more mild hybrids I drive, the more I feel it's just a petrol car or just a diesel car. Yep. So completely erroneous grouping. Yes. In my humble opinion. Uh, and I'll slap myself for that later. Yeah, I foresee that changing probably the end of the year because I yeah, think the I, percentage of Bev, Fev and Hev will be high enough that they don't have to use that to make it look as though their figures are possibly rosier than they really were. Um, yeah, possibly. I think this is an optics thing. I think it is, and I think the at the end of the year it i think you're right i think at the end of the year it will change mm. i hope so anyway me too because it's nasty uh bev fev and hev by the way forty-eight thousand one hundred thirty-one vehicles up 100 percent, and 
just over a quarter, so 25.9% market share, are hybrids, batteries, and plug-in hybrids. Which is good news. Yes. Sorry, non-plug-in hybrids, plug-in hybrids, and battery electric vehicles, as well as fuel cells and stuff as well, which are gathered into there. Uh, nobody cares about private fleet and business, really. Uh, so let's get to the top 10. He said, just if you are interested in private fleet and business, do get in touch and we can parrot the figures from the SMMT website just for you. You can also click the link to the article that is <laughs> directly take you through to all these figures. Yeah. If you want more of this kind of fun, uh, then do go to the show notes and follow the link. Uh, best sellers are top 10 uh, for June. Uh, we start number 10 with the Kia Sportage. Uh, 2,947. Uh, number nine is the BMW 3 Series. At number eight, the Mini at 3,506. At number seven, raise your glasses, please, for the Toyota Yaris at 3,546. <laughs> I have to get in there with the joke before he does. Uh, number six, uh, another decent jump of a couple of hundred to the Volkswagen Polo. Ford Fiesta in at number five, 3,811. Vauxhall Corsa, 4,375. The Ford Puma in at third at 4,477. Volkswagen Golf is at number two at 4,629. Is that the new one now? I think the, it's been the new one for a while. It's been, oh, oh by this point. I think it might still be on the on the Mark 7 okay. Mark 8. Because I'm, I'm seeing quite a lot with that. New, um, I'm seeing quite a lot. Quite a lot of, well, it's not really a bar, it's a light strip. Yeah, <laughs> I think those are the GTEs. Oh, okay, and the the higher spec ones. Mm. Okay, tend to have that. I don't know well enough though. By the way, if you're wondering about this and where things are in here, then it's worth bearing in mind that one of the major challenges in June wasn't that people didn't want to go out and buy cars and take delivery of cars. It was back to our old friends, the semiconductor industry, and the challenges that they've been having. This is still a knock-on effect for that. So it's quite possible that more people wanted Ford Fiestas and more people wanted Pumas, but they just weren't, well, particularly Fiestas, because the margins are lower. So they just didn't necessarily have the 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 ability to make them with all of the stuff that they wanted. So it's worth bearing in mind that is having an effect on what people can actually get into and drive away. And, of course, as we know, some companies are dealing better with that than others. Well, uh, I interrupted you, but you haven't done number one, which is I know a big surprise. Know. I've been keeping people on tender hooks. Uh, the boats came in, folks. It's the Tesla Model Three. No, but well done to them because that's five thousand four hundred and sixty-eight. That's a good number. That is that's a fairly hefty number, but it's been really poor for the last couple of months. Yeah. So that's two or three months worth in one batch. Yeah, so yeah. that's what's worth remembering. This is there's most of the vehicles on this list are the, are there pretty much most of the time. The top two thirds of that list rarely change yeah. by very much um, it's a consistent number the it's a consistent percentage of the vehicles registered in a month and as the numbers of vehicles registered overall in the month go up and down as do those percentages the model three is spikes and troughs and spikes and troughs and spikes and troughs so again it's great well done really good but i'm going to go into a tesla rap if they were grown-ups, it would be consi- they would be able to be consistent about this. Yeah, because they've just had the end of quarter, haven't they, where they've done the best they've ever done. But we've already seen on social media people pointing out really fairly hefty flaws in yes, the like delivering the cars the to the wrong people. And that kind of well, thing. yeah, there was all the tricks that they pull on that side of things. 
Um, but there was things like the the central boss of steering wheels wasn't actually connected. Um, oh, you could just pull yeah, out well, and yes. stuff. Well, that one's you know, been debated little things like that, um, which is you know housing the airbag and stuff like that. So, uh, well done on two hundred thousand. But I I wonder how many of those have to go back and be fixed. And this is again, we just reiterates what we've said ever since we started. The frustration with this company is we like a lot of it, the technology, the idea the way they've grabbed the imagination, we do not like the execution and we do not like the nature and way they have marketed themselves. I think people are aware of that. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Great though. Yeah. Well done. Sorry. Anything I say now, now sounds like I'm damning them with faint praise. <laughs> That's not really the intention. Uh, so anyway, the spreadsheet of mixed messages. Right. So uh, the spreadsheet of mixed messages, uh, mainly green, as has been pointed out to me, but I will go through the dooms which is Alfa Romeo's down 23%, Bentley's down uh, 22%, Dacia's down uh, 48.7%. I think that might be a new model supply chain swap over yeah, thing. Yeah, but just an indication of the numbers that we talk about now when we mentioned Dacia. Last year, they uh, they registered 2,093. This year, it's 1,074. So, you know, that's not chicken feed in terms of all this. Land Rover are down 19%, uh, Porsche down uh, 27%, Renault down quite a chunk actually, uh, 38%. So that's last year 4,720, this year 2,940. And then there is a mix of plenty of manufacturers who were there, thereabouts, but then there are quite a few that were in the positive, Alan. Yes, most of them. <laughs> <laughs> Well, obviously, other imports. <laughs> so. Well, other imports obviously has has gone up massively because of the the Model Three, and and as I say that that sort of peaky trophy delivery that goes on. Uh, I mean, lots of significant ups, but again, remember it was a very slow. It was very slow last year, so so that doesn't really count. I mean, people like Volkswagen are recording fifty six percent up. Uh, Subaru up to three hundred and eighty eight point six three percent to two hundred and fifteen vehicles mm-hmm. registered as opposed to 44 so that kind of thing is uh is worth worth mentioning mazda similarly uh up quite significantly 3447 cars instead of uh 1464 and hyundai as well is worth an honorable mention uh 7734 as opposed to 3643 just one last thing which of course is to say congratulations to genesis on their first inclusion in the new car registrations, uh, they registered 27 Genesis in June. Yep. Right. More good news. And this is the news that even the mainstream news has been talking about. And the first one is that Nissan, with uh, investment from themselves and thanks to support from the government uh, in terms of monetary assistance, are going to make Sunderland Nissan's flagship EV hub. It's worth mentioning Envision as well in there, but I'll come back to them in a little bit. Yeah. What they're going to do is, I think it's um, an initial investment of around a billion that are going to just, you know, basically because we have to move towards an electrified uh, vehicle range, they're, they're going to use the facilities there and adapt them because that sounds like it's probably the easiest to do. It sounds like they're doing something similar to what Renault are doing. That's why I mentioned Envision, by the way. Because Envision has teamed up with both Renault and Nissan, this is a 
this is one of these times when the alliance is a force for good. <laughs> is a force for good. Yes. So we've been talking about Renault and its refactory again at Flan, isn't it? Just outside yeah. Paris. This is Nissan doing this, essentially doing the same as that. Envision is the key partner in both cases. So Envision Group is is a green tech company, supposedly, and they have partnered up. I think there's a slightly bigger investment with Renault than there is with Nissan. But uh, it's it's all part of the same thing, it seems. There is a certain amount of, of commonality of strategy and planning for the future here. Again, that's that's a good thing. Yep. Uh, and just when we've been, you know, I keep saying, oh, is the alliance going to fall apart, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Then so often they just behave like a completely warring couple, turning their back to each other and just not speaking to each other doing their own thing and then other times they really are kind of together and on the same path it's 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 becoming such a strange relationship it sounds like once you get below board level then teams work together um on uh, from experience uh, on and off there is a sort of there's a kind of below board level and then there's a tier of people who do want to work together and then it kind of splits off a bit and then you get these occasional bits and areas of the company and the infrastructure around the company and and even the the product arms where they do work together really well but other parts are are fractured off it's 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 quite strange some teams work awesomely together other teams just don't seem to and sometimes the ideas the Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. In oh, okay. The idea is really, really good. And the plan is really, really good, but the ability to deliver isn't. And that can quite often be because there's a third party involved in there. All right. There okay. you go. That's almost insider knowledge, but not really. It's so out of date. <laughs> Uh, in the show notes, I'm going to add a couple of extra links on top of Nissan's press release that explains what's going on at Sunderland. There is going to be a Twitter thread from the lady that we mention quite often when we talk about Japanese companies. Um, she goes into detail to explain what this is about because obviously this decision was politicized by many groups and interested and not interested parties so she sort of Mm. breaks down the arguments for against and all the rest of it to explain why nissan have done what they've done and how they've done it so uh, i i really do recommend that you click through on that because ms rudlin really knows her stuff uh, particularly about um, supply chains particularly about japanese companies interesting point is made in part of that about the uh, number of japanese essentially automotive supply chain companies closing down uk operations because of course honda swindon factory closes this month yep and that uh, and that there just isn't the volume for them anymore so i think a certain amount of this is nissan basically putting in place some of their own supply chain stuff Uh, to support that but there's also going to be a link to an article that i stumbled across in the guardian that explains that there is a real rush to get uk-based suppliers stroke battery factories because we've got a tariff because of the decision that we as a country have made on where we wish to position ourselves globally in markets Hmm. that there is a tariff heading our way that we have to have at least 50 percent of local materials otherwise Hmm. we are going to get or any manufacturer or producer who wants to export into europe 
into the EU is going to get absolutely hammered and it puts big question marks on factories in this country. Yes, uh, which and what amazed me most about that article is whenever I spotted what the date was of the article, which was the 4th of January this year. Yeah. So not new news. It's been around for uh, been yep. around for six months already, and that is because why... I, I saw it and thought, does he know this? And then I sort of looked at the other notes that you'd put in, and it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. It's just it's just to try and flesh out a lot of this because we'll have seen that SMMT have done this. Uh, Dr. Andy Palmer is is being very visible in the in the media, mentioning that we need factories, we need battery factories, mm. and we need them quick. And the reason is this, and I don't think most people understand that. Yeah, which makes the next piece of news, the next story, quite interesting because, of course, the other big thing that was uh, investment in the UK that was that was uh, announced this week is was uh, Ellesmere Port, mm-hmm. and the fact that Stellantis is going to use Ellesmere Port to build the electric versions of the Bolingo Partner and Combo um, from obviously Citroen, Peugeot, and Vauxhall, uh, respectively, as you all knew, and, and that's great. But the batteries won't be produced in the UK. They're going to come from other Stellantis plants abroad. So the batteries are going to be imported, which means that an awful lot of the rest of the vehicle is going to have to be UK sourced, if that's the case. Or there is a hike on the price. Or there's a hike on the price. But I don't see hike on the price as hugely likely. But they are these not priced towards the lower end of ranges? I mean... Mm-hmm. Uh, do they not That's why I say, say I could... the Ford's offerings? And I, I don't know because I didn't think of that, and I don't have the price list in front of me. Uh, I know but... they, I know they undercut Ford um, when it comes to like the car from a van version. Hmm. So but I would they imagine have, it'd be they, similar. They, yes, they do. Well, Ford, of course, is bringing theirs in from Turkey because mm. there's lots of arguments about how how local turkey is as well, yes well that there? is a constant one and and, and there's there's obviously there's a number of manufacturers who are keeping an eye on that kind of thing toyota ford um are the two i can think of off the top of my head who have manufacturing plants in in turkey uh, but it may well be that that by sheer volumes and economies of scale with the batteries that they're building at other plants that they can make the batteries cheap enough that actually they can get around that, you know, it's still below the tariff levels and stuff. Mm. I guess it depends on whether you're going by weight, by volume, or by uh, or by monetary value when it comes to the 50%. If that makes up 25%, well, then the rest of the stuff can be can be sourced locally. Yeah. But this this is just demonstrated. These two stories have just demonstrated that it doesn't matter what your feelings are on the, the decision of where we are and globally – but it cannot be denied this just makes it more difficult and more things Agreed. have to be taken into consideration. And that unfortunately means companies have to reevaluate carefully and go, essentially, is this worth the hassle? And so far, Nissan has decided it is, and there's lots of arguments to say thanks to the government giving them quite a bit of cash, but we don't know. We have not heard anything that Stellantis is getting large sums of cash. I, I was about to say that everybody was very, very quick to point out the significant wages that, that Nissan were receiving. Mm. Uh, but then I didn't see the same commentary around Stellantis. Yeah, I don't know whether that's because we don't know the details. But last week, we were expecting this announcement. And yeah. Stellantis said, oh, no, we're still reevaluating." Mm. Which made me think, oh, has somebody phoned up someone in government and gone, 
Um, excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> Which I would you would expect them so. to do, surely, as a business, yes. if you've I mean, got the opportunity to get some cash. They, and they rolled out all the big guns for both. Well, they rolled out the biggest guns for Nissan, obviously, because they rolled the prime minister out. Mm-hmm. But I, I noticed it was it was the business minister, Crazy Kuteng, who was at uh, Ellesmere Port as well. So kind of next in line, really. Yeah. So when more when more information comes out, if if there is any more, then obviously we'll we'll update you all on that. Mm-hmm. Um, right, I'm going to move us on because we've spent a long time talking about all those things. We have um, actually, but they yeah. they were quite meaty and did need discussing, and we did need reminding of what's actually going on. Mm-hmm. So the, just a quick one: uh, Porsche are recalling 45,000 Taycans because there is a, an error in their software which means that the power can be cut and it will shoot a warning signal to the driver to uh, safely pull over. Now, this can be got round by rebooting and then you, you apparently all the normal levels come up and you've got the same amount of power and all the rest of it. But this is a failure in the communication between the inverter and the power unit itself. doesn't touch the steering and brakes or anything like that, so it is just purely a power issue they don't obviously have over the air updates otherwise this would be seemingly a prime example of being able to hopefully do that because hopefully it's just a software yeah um because that's the way it's it's the way it's been painted out is it's a software problem only so it's not a component so this would be an ideal time for an over the air update to be used but they do not have that capability at this moment in time. And anyway, I wouldn't really want over-the-air updates to the communications between my power, unit, my inverter and my power unit, so that works fine for me. Funnily enough, I don't like them full stop, but... Yes. <laughs> You're almost in favour of them there. It made me twitch. <laughs> anyway, just a very quick one. Uh, lots of EV talk tonight, so uh, to balance it up, let's have a little bit of hydrogen. Shell is going to open a 10 megawatt hydrogen electrolyzer at its Weisling site in Germany Um, and this is going to be a green hydrogen so obviously being made using renewable energy. I also learned something from this article by the way is that everybody always talks about green hydrogen but nobody talks about you know what's just hydrogen turns out if it's not green hydrogen then it's gray hydrogen uh, and that's the kind that's that's cracked out uh, from fossil fuels. Nothing wrong with being gray. There you go. Tell me about it. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, there's an announcement for the paragon of customer service and reliability that we talked about last week. And quite yes. a few people, by the way, quite a few people got in touch saying how much fun they were having with the DVLA at the minute. Really sorry to hear that. Yeah, best of luck, uh, everyone. Yes, really. Good luck. Um, yeah, so the DVLA, who are not able to do their normal work, have got the time to come out and tell everyone, don't click on a site that offers DVLA-related services particularly if it's going to be charged for (laughs) because you will be able to do or you should be able to do that by going to the DVLA site itself. Mm. Some people have just found an opportunity where they've gone, most people won't realise this, we'll put a fee on it, we'll do the work, take a, a small cut in between and therefore make money that way. Mm. Don't do it. Just do it. Go on the it's website. It's not illegal yourself. to do it either. By no, the way. no, it's not it's illegal not to illegal. be that man in the middle. Just, just, just. You don't have to be. And to be honest, some of the online services from the DVLA are really very good indeed. Yes. If you're stuck, go to gov.org. 
uh, and go from there and follow through the, the vehicles and driving and it will take you to it and it's really easy and it's really clear and it's obviously a government website mm-hmm. in all the right good positive ways yes we have complimented the plain english and stuff like that before mm. the uk government website is should be constantly held up as a paragon of being clear and navigable and easy to read Anyway, uh, one last story before we go to the break, uh, and that's just quickly to let everyone know that uh, whenever we are uh, allowed to leave Plague Island uh, in this uh, post-Brexit world, (laughs) then it has been made slightly easier for us motorists uh, as Europe has decided that actually we won't need a green card. So it won't be necessary to 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 get a green card from your insurance company for travel into the EU. Pre-Brexit, uh, we were it was all part of the one one area, so yes, not not a big deal uh, at all. Worth mentioning that international driving permits, uh, similarly, not necessary for most people driving in Europe. You should check if you're in the Channel Islands, the Isle of Man, or Gibraltar, though. So okay. yes, no need for international driving permits. I know we don't have a link for this, but I I did see it mentioned on social media last week, and I, and we were chatting about it beforehand. Wasn't there something about GB stickers and something about license plates and what they must oh, the license mustn't plate show? One. Yes, well, the license plate one is tricky because if you have a new license plate, I believe it is, then you shouldn't. Uh, then it shouldn't have the 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 EU stars on it. But that's a UK thing, isn't it? That's a UK thing. Yeah. So the other one, so yeah, it's the UK thing. Uh, alternatively, uh, if you don't have that in your number plate at all, if you don't have any of that in your number plate, then you should have uh, one of, you know, the essentially UN regulation oval <laughs> sticker with GB on it. Um, I saw the veteran motoring journalist, and I can't think of a, yes, that, that, that's yeah, just insult, stick with by that. the way yeah um ed, uh, quentin wilson uh was on this morning causing uh getting grumpy about wokeness and how people were going to have ni stickers and seo stickers and i don't know whatever and the the loss of the gb thing well the gb thing's the proper one it's the uh it's the clear proper one for showing you're from the united kingdom of great britain and ireland when you're driving internationally uh, it's the one that you should have uh if you have any of the others then that's kind of okay as long as it's clear where you're from and it doesn't contradict any of the other country codes so that's worth bearing in mind but they are just car stickers okay they clearly show where you're from but they are not the official clearly showing where you're from they are just car stickers much like Many, many, many years ago, uh, we had a, a little elliptical ECOS sticker uh, on the back of on the back of one of our back of one of my parents' cars to show that we weren't English. We have friends who did the same. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So NI for Northern Ireland, any any of these things, then then those aren't the official ones. They're not the official country codes. If you are going somewhere which might be a disputed area or where law enforcement may not have a reputation for for uh waiting for a patient explanation as to what the stickers mean then you may be advised to just stick with the gb one there we go that's lots of consumer advice tonight i don't know quite what's what's wrong with this it's like anger described as community 
consumer advice. Yeah, yeah. As you've as we have advised so much and so well, I think we better um, stick out our cap. Well, yes. If you followed all the rest of the advice in this episode, then this is a particularly important piece of advice <laughs> uh, because it's Guilt Minute, that quick break in the show where we ask for a tad of financial support to keep the lights on and the hosting running. If you feel the motoring podcast is worth a small consideration every month, then you can become a patron. The different levels of patron include different levels of commitment from us to you, including being able to watch the show recorded live. We also have a small range of merchandise available from our website and spring store from stickers to mugs and t-shirts. If you don't have any spare cash, and we completely understand that that may well be the case, then you can help us by following for free from a podcast player to receive every show as they're released and by liking and rating the show in whichever way your podcast supplier lets you. If you've done all of that, and some of you do, so thank you because you're awesome, then the last thing you do is to recommend us to your friends or colleagues. Yes, thank you everyone who does that. Greatly I appreciate it. Exactly. New, new car news. Mm. Uh, and I feel I've got these the wrong way around, really, this this time. But uh, Do a little, yeah. Yeah. Um, right, so the first, the first one that I'm taking is the Renault 5 is coming back, and it's coming back as an EV. So Renault have shown off the electric city car, which they are claiming they're going to undercut the Zoe by around about 33%. So that'll make it roughly 18 and a half grand it starts from. While still doing mm-hmm. 248 miles on a charge, on a full charge, so this is all pinned on um, some tech battery technology, which they reckon will dramatically reduce the cost per kilowatt per hour. So uh, fingers crossed that comes in then, because this thing looks ace. I mean, it really, it, I think they've done a very good job of modernising the the Renault Five while still mm. showing that it is from it. Yes, I, I agree completely. I it's not a we've pastiche. Got to re- we've got to remember that Luca De Meo, uh, of course, now uh, in charge of in charge of Renault, uh, was also in charge of, of Fiat at the time that it uh, that it revived the revived the five hundred and and you know, successfully so. To be fair, hugely successfully so. Uh, so so yeah, hopefully he can he can repeat that magic again with this. So this this is likely to replace the Zoe. Nobody's saying it is replacing the Zoe. But it is it is uh, seen as as likely to replace mm. it. The the images we've got in the autocar article are for for the concept. So there's certain bits on this that you think probably won't make it. I'm thinking particularly the wing mirrors, but generally, I think it's not a million miles away. No, I don't think so either. And I think it looks no, ace. I think even the uh, even the door handles might well be a possibility these days. To be perfectly honest, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's um, the size of the wheels is going to go down a bit, I think, and the the arches might well be a toned down a, a tad, but um, you know, and the fog lights won't be those just sort of square bits, but but otherwise, I, I think it's it's pretty close. I think we, if you sort of stand back and squint when you look at the lights, then then you should be pretty much there. Yeah, I like that you've got to keep on scrolling down, and then there is a yellow uh, Mark One uh, <laughs> Renault Five there. So. Yes, okay, Renault. If you are coming out of your malaise and your internal bickering with Nissan, basically with all guns blazing, then this is a great way to do it, I think. 
It's like the Renault equivalent of the. Sorry, I'm looking at the the autocar page here, and the, the Hyundai Ioniq Five is on the right hand side. And they could almost be from the same family, you know. Mm. Mm, just different scale. Yep. No, that's Very good. Cool. That's good. Anyway, uh, other new uh, car for this week is the Volkswagen Polo GTI. It'll be back uh, later this year with the, the looks of the the current. Uh, the current polo and 204 brake horsepower so lots of lots of stuff it's going to get uh it's going to get funky matrix head led matrix headlamps as standard uh full width front light bar in the styly of the 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 golf of course mm-hmm. but yeah a two liter turbo petrol engine seven speed dsg that interior reminds me a lot of the because my, my first car was a polo reminds me a lot of it's quite simple even though it's you know it's a digital dials and there is a big mm. screen in there, it's quite a clean look that they've got in there. It is. There are actually many buttons when you look more closely. But yeah, the yeah. first, but the initial impact is, oh, that's that's relatively clear. Yeah. So I I, I quite like that. It'd be be interesting to have a go. But the the key thing is you're up against the the best thing since sliced bread, and the Hyundai i twenty n. So. Mm. Are people mm-hmm. going to go for it? I don't know. Um, uh, it needs to be. I think it needs to be quite special because the looks are are um, reserved. I think is the best way to yeah, put I, it. Yeah, I think. They? But but I think with as with all of these, then exactly where it fits in that hierarchy, it is going to depend on on the pricing, and that's the one thing they haven't revealed about it. You know, yeah. Diameters of the anti roll bars are all in there, uh, <laughs> but not the prices. So, uh, but I reckon it's going to sit slightly higher than the fist and lower of course than the gr yaris which we weren't counting in there but i think it's going to be so if it's more expensive than the fiesta it's still it's going to be even more expensive than the i than the i20n mm. yeah i think that's how it's going to be and and, and volkswagen are going to charge a premium for it and for that funky seat fabric yeah possibly going for a slightly older mm-hmm. demographic as a consequence of the more conservative looks yep lunchtime read anyway it's all going to be available on the monthly and it's probably all going to be about the same amount on a monthly basis <laughs> yeah. <the> PCPs. <laughs> sorry yes lunchtime read andrew lunchtime read is and now you know long time listeners will know we love stories where people take a car and do something seemingly insane with it and this is a couple who've decided that they would take a 190d around the world <laughs> They covered yeah. around 250,000 kilometres, five continents through desert, jungle, glittering cities and mountain passes over 5,000 metres highs, as it says in the Daimler article. I, I love, I, I always love these stories where people go off and do these things where they go somewhere that you would go, oh, no, well, of course you wouldn't take that. You'd take, you know, one of these expedition type vehicle type yeah things they've been doing it for six years they've been doing it since january 2015 Mm -hmm. diesel four speed manual 74 horsepower as many as you need i am reminded with that i am reminded of that top gear in botswana when clarkson's going in that lantern goes to all the people in middle england that feel they need this massive four-wheel drive to go to the shops here i am and it's just like yeah, <laughs> this is a situation a bit like that, and it, it looks like the 
it looks incredibly standard. I don't know where they reason lower the suspension, but other than some sort of, I don't know what the wheel model is, uh, some some pretty junky alloy wheels. Uh, it looks remarkably standard mm. and a roof box and everything else. But yeah, I mean, those things, if you service them, they will go until the end of time. Yes. Brilliant. Absolutely sure. brilliant. So please do click through on the link and read that and enjoy it because it's, I, I love that people go off and do this sort of thing. Yeah. And just you can go, we're going to go. We're going to go. Yeah. That looks like there's a 13 minute or, or so uh, interviews are. So this week's list of the week links back to the Renault 5 story and uh it's it's from goodwood road and racing because goodwood festival speed coming up this coming weekend which has crept up on many of us and god is realized i knew it was even thought it was going to happen we might even possibly have been there (laughs) other things not been organized not that i'm saying that through gritted teeth no no it's okay no no one thinks that at all alan that's good (laughs) didn't want to drive up the hill anyway Uh, so yes, uh, and it's a li- anyway. Uh, Goodwood, <laughs> Goodwood Road and Racing. Oh no, that was an Andrew laugh. I'm so sorry. Uh, as the best, the twelve best retro concepts, uh, as far as they can tell. It's a fantastic list. It's fallen to me, so Andrew, I have to ask you what your favourite is. Before I say that, I think they missed one. I think they missed the Nissan. What the the one for the next generation three Z car one. With its weird square mouth, or the the one that was like the two door, the one that um, Jay Leno actually got to test out. Oh right, yes, I, I yes. can't remember the name of it. No, neither can I. But I th- I feel that should be in here. So as a consequence, the one I have picked is the Peugeot E Legend concept. Oh good, I was hoping you'd choose that because that's the I one think that, I would that just looks gorgeous. Mm. And it's even better in the flash. It's even better in real life. Oh, dear. Really okay. wonderful looking thing in real life. Uh, by the way, on, on just as a very quick aside, did you see Peugeot have revealed their hypercar for Le Mans in a couple of years? Yes. Oh, that With the little amazing. sticker on the back that says, we didn't want the rear wing or something. <laughs> so it's this tiny low thing, which is as minimal as possible. But the, um, the front looks amazing. I think it looks great. Some people are a bit worried that they're going to, that the hypercar class is going to overwhelm Le Mans. But let's just wait and see. Because the LMP ones have been one or two cars for the last five years. Yeah, exactly. It, so exactly. It, we need we need hard. we need a good mix. I think. Mm. I think the the racing's. I mean, it's. I'm. I wouldn't. I'm glad I'm not racing in it because, particularly if you're in a GTE. <laughs> and those things Sorry. are whizzing past you it's two reasons. in the morning and it's two in yeah. the morning and you're sort of going oh my god that that light that was in the distance you know two seconds ago is now going past me <laughs> i think it's going to be awesome i think it's going to be really cool i think it brings it back to They've a level of relevance back though it needed that it need it needed more than just fields and fields and fields of porsche yeah uh so i think it's great i really think it's gonna it's gonna be fun i'm looking forward to it i really want to see what happens yeah but anyway, back to this story. Do click through on the link because there are some stunning cars to have a, a, a check through. Uh, and as ever, um, let us know which ones you prefer. Uh, There's quite these. a few I don't agree with, actually. I don't really There know. is. But there we go. Yeah. That means it's a good list. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's taken us to the and finally this week, Mr. Close. Oh, away you go. 
And finally, uh, Adam Tranter, uh, back in September, when there was a car-free day in Kenilworth, created a mini park in a parking space. He brought a bench, some flowers in pots, an artificial uh, turf, and laid it all out. And people just in a place that didn't have a park, you know, didn't have uh, like benches in greenery. And people came and sat in them and enjoyed it and all the rest of it, took pictures of themselves in it and all the rest of it, seemed to enjoy the fact that they had this opportunity suddenly in this in this space. But the council took it away because there was a single complaint lodged against it, mainly because it wasn't a motor vehicle in the motor vehicle space. It's so funny, really. Mr. Tranter was not to be uh, beaten by this. So he got hold of a 1970s Peugeot 8 van and he created the same thing on the flatbed in the back of that <laughs> and parked it in the parking space. <laughs> Flicked down the side. So there's a bench, there's a there's a couple of bay trees, there's some flowers and there's a, and this bench is just at the right height for you to sit back on it in the parking space. And I love that he wouldn't take no for an answer. Me too. Me too. That is brilliant. Well done. The only thing that I I was yeah the Peugeot Appy by the way does actually Appy sorry exist. No um because I think or people search for it. I, I think it's actually meant to be a Piaggio Appy. I think somebody's misheard something somewhere. Oh, okay. Could, I'm happy to be corrected that there was a Peugeot version, but that did puzzle me when I spotted this. All the same, I absolutely. I love this, and I I completely agree. I love that he didn't wouldn't take no for an answer. I love that is that somebody complained that it wasn't a motor vehicle, so it is now definitely a motor vehicle. Uh, whilst at the same time being a park and genius, there's a yeah. competition in Japan which I've seen, which is about uh, which is a gardening competition, which is about taking the back of a kai truck. Oh little uh, Honda Acti or any of these things, and and building a garden in the back of that which people take remarkably seriously. And that's what this reminded me of, uh, which I thought was, I thought it was, it was cool. I might look out that video as an end finally for, for another week. Actually. Okay. Um, but I, I like the fact that this is sort of like gorilla greening. Yes. And we all well, need a little it, bit of that. I mean, it doesn't, it does no harm for one space. People can go and sit yeah. and just have a few minutes of mm-hmm. just stopping. And considering how we're all back to rushing around again, whether we want mm. to be or not, after we spent many months last year of not doing that and everyone going, oh, well, this is quite nice, isn't it, that you're not a 1,000 mile an hour the entire time? I think it's just a little little corner of that which we should encourage. I totally agree. Totally agree. Brilliant stuff. Great. Uh, and that's uh, – is that pretty much it? Yep. Special edition coming out this Friday. Yep. And Nearly finished. About- Sorry? I've nearly finished editing. Oh, really? Already? Yes. Gosh. Yes. Um, sorry. That's good. Yes, that's exactly what I was expecting, Andrew. Uh, so that's cool. Uh, Andrew's talking about car. Good start. Uh, Zoom Zoom was on last night uh, because things I wasn't there, sadly. Joined by, by the Hobnut himself, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Ian Seabrook, formerly, formerly a guest on the Motoring Podcast. Yeah, all-round nice chap someone i have a lot of time for very nice guy uh so i was i was mad that i wasn't on it last night i think it sounds like the whole thing was was really good they're talking lots about unexceptional cars and what will be unexceptional in the future 
Um, I believe is the way it's gone. Until Friday, uh, when you will hear from us again. And then, of course, next week's news show. Uh, you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts on the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook, and on the contact page at motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget about our Patreon offer, available at motoringpodcast.com slash support. And please leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts or however your podcast app lets you do such a thing. Andrew, what's the best way for people to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you should find me there. Now, if people would like to get in touch with you personally, what is the best way for them to do that? Twitter as well, uh, where I'm at AJP Bradley. That's B-I-E-D-L-E-Y. We will, uh, as we said, be back very soon. But until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.